HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This week on Meet and 3, it's our 100th episode. We're breaking the mold to kick off our mini-series on global trade. Vegetable, fruits, grains, and cooking technique pass from one region to another. And that's interesting that that region transformed that ingredient into their own specialties. There was a time where black pepper was a luxury. And we know that because people were willing to invest huge amounts of money to go to the Spice Islands in order to get uh, pepper. <laughs> you know, stuff we take for granted now. You know, you go into a restaurant and it's free. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by MezcalForLife.com. What you drink out of is just as important as what you drink. Stick around after this episode to learn how MezcalForLife.com can help you find a proper vessel so you get the full experience of aromas and flavors from that outstanding agave spirit. But for now, strap yourself in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that attempts to teach gringo bartenders a little something about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And Chava, <laughs> today, <laughs> today, we're going to start by talking about something that has nothing to do with agave and agave spirits, does have something to do with rural Mexico, but we're going to bring it all back around. And that thing is tacos. Tacos. We're going to talk tacos. You know I haven't had breakfast. I haven't had breakfast. Uh, We're going to talk about tacos. I had chocolate. That's all I had for breakfast so far. We're going to talk about tacos, and, and we're going to talk about them because like, even the way you said that, right? There was love in your voice. I say taco, <laughs> and you hear love. Is that accurate? You know what I had yesterday for breakfast? I had barbacoa tacos. And I, I was I was with my partner in, in the business that I have, and we're both touched in our hearts. We had we didn't even talk while we were eating them. We're just contemplating the barbacoa 
putting it inside our mouths and just being like, it was a religious moment. It was awesome. Perfect. That's exactly what I want to hear. Now, let me ask you, who certified those tacos as tacos? Uh, the community that lives around the guy that sells them. <laughs> No, they, 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 you're saying they certify them, but what you really mean is they just kept buying tacos so this guy can keep yeah, making tacos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so this is my point. And I, you know, you and I will have had very, very different experiences in so many things, but in particular, growing up, learning what a taco is. And in rural Chicago, growing up in the late 1960s and through the 1970s and then into the 19, early 1980s, a taco to me was this hard shell thing, and we got oh, a little no. mix of powder. And like, right? It was that was a taco with the ground beef, and here's your spice packet, and maybe put some onions in it. That's a taco. I remember the horror stories of the kids that used to go to America when we were like eight or nine. They will come back and they were like, you have no idea what did I see. These people are sick. They they don't know what they they call it taco and it's like a tostada, but it's like weird. No, 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 no. But but I loved those tacos. Those tacos sang to me. When it was taco night, I was so excited oh, for no. those tacos. And and I think the and you know, and now obviously as a well-traveled adult male who has <laughs> visited Mexico and understands the uh, the beauty uh, that is taco, I'd still love those cheap ass tacos I got and I love Taco Bell and my point I think my point is absent anybody regulating the word taco, the market has, has defined a taco in a specific way and it hasn't killed the quality of tacos. And, and I would go so far as to say, would it be accurate to say that people eating street tacos in Mexico 10 to 15 years ago might have come down with a case of brain worms and died as a result. No, no. Well, yes, it would. <laughs> trichinosis. That is what trichinosis is. And people would get trichinosis from eating street food, often tacos in Mexico, okay. which is, okay, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. look at that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe was right. Maybe. Well, but my point is this. Like, even with something as devastating as having your brain eaten by worms as a result of having a street taco, people still eat street tacos, and street tacos can still be delicious, and generally, by and large, 99.9% .9 of the time, be safe. So, given that, why do we have to have certification for anything? Well, and I, I love you bringing this because one of of my more traumatizing moments when I travel to the first world is when I wanna when I want that street food when I when I think like I want the true example the pulse of this city in its food mm -hmm. and it's so hard to find all these places that have like very strict certifications so you wanna. You want like a kebab or something that is just that you want it greasy, you want it like candied by the hands of someone and have that palpitating culture in it. And it's hard to find it in places that are just very, very stiff. 
Well, but it is hard to find it, but I'll tell you, even the stiffest of those places, the most stringent of those places, you're not going to have somebody who certifies every single kebab. It doesn't happen, which is the point, right? Like there's certification and there's regulation and regulation tends to be, okay, I'm going to, in a place like the USA, I'm going to check out your restaurant once every year or two years (laughs) and make sure it's kind of clean. And, 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 and I'm going to assume if you're keeping it kind of clean, that it's going to generally be safe to eat here. That's it. Right. The certification is okay. I checked out every facet of this. I ran the lab numbers and now I will absolutely put my stamp of approval that what you are serving is this thing you claim to be serving and it is safe. And how would you refer to the Michelin stars, for example? Like when we're talking about uh, restaurants, is that a certification? Like the Michelin? God, that's an interesting point. It's not, you know, it's not a certification. It's like the the good housekeeping seal of approval. It's somebody went in there a handful of times and had a consistent experience. So they're saying, generally, we think it's safe to tell you that you are also going to have a good time if you go here. And okay, so that being said, I guess your point is. Why are we making such a fuss about certifying mezcal, right? And I think there's a number of reasons why they tried to do that. I think, A, so someone in South Africa didn't realize that they had agave too, and they wanted to do <laughs> agave, like agave spirits and call them mezcal, and then you have competition for this thing that it's endemic to Mexico being made in South Africa, which is one of the big reasons why you do denomination of origins, Right. I shall protect the brand that is connected to my people's culture. Yeah, sure. Then there's the part about it being safe, which, uh, as we say, you know, most of times it's going to be safe. And then there's another part where it's just basically setting a, a set of rules that, in essence, are meant to protect cultural heritage. You think that's the well? You know, it's it's funny. I, I actually kind of think your first point and your third point are the same point from different angles. Yeah, yeah. Right? One is like commercial like, competition, and the other one is like trying. Well, but, to... But the commercial competition is I don't want somebody in South Africa saying that they're doing this thing that is Mexican. Yes. And once you say that, you're talking cultural heritage. Yes. Yes, correct. Because okay, so like my frustration there is if if if. Certification actually did protect cultural heritage. I would be so in favor of it. But instead, what I'm seeing through this current certification process is the existing process for certifying agave spirits as mezcal will tell you it is safe to drink this. You will not go blind unless you drink like a whole case in one sitting. Um, So it says that, but in terms of the cultural heritage piece, it's doing the opposite. And I think this is why you're starting to see brands of mezcal leaving the CRM, leaving the certification process and calling themselves Destilado de Agave or Agave Spirits. Because let's, for example, use, um, uh, use quiche, the word quiche, which if you're using that word in most of Oaxaca, It means you're talking about a spirit that was made from a Karwinski varietal called quiche, right? But if you are in Santa Catarina Minas, they use that word to refer to a rotacanta, which would be called Mexicano in so many other places. So so a producer in Santa Catarina Minas, Oaxaca, wants to call their spirit quiche, and that is how they've been calling it for hundreds of years And the CRM, the certifying body for Mezcal, says, no, 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 you have to call it Mexicano. 
that's taking away a piece of cultural heritage. It's not protecting it. Well, no, it's flattening all that complexity for the sake of certification. It's saying all the tacos that do not have a soft tortilla shall not be called tacos. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and do, we, do we even get into flour versus corn? But, but so, so just before before I take us down a rabbit hole, we can't get ourselves out of right. So to to go back to that, like that's one problem with that cultural the certification of cultural heritage. But the other one is it costs so much money to hire the staff to certify all of these people to do all of the work to ensure that what is in that bottle is what the bottle says it is. Mm. It takes so much money to do that that as a consequence, so many of the families whose Fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, mothers, grandmothers, (laughs) great-grandmothers had been making these spirits for multiple generations that that have literally built this picture in the imaginations of the world that have now caused the world to sit up and take notice of mezcal. The families who created that picture cannot afford to certify and therefore cannot use this word that they actually helped to develop. That literally is the death of cultural heritage. And not only do they help develop, do they keep on developing? Because I think that's the other real exciting part about the Gavis spirits we like, that they're not a static, frozen thing. They are still going to evolve in amazing ways. And yeah. so this is not only halting, well, it's, it's, it's not only going against the cultural heritage they already have, it's also flattening it in a way that it's not allowing it to evolve in the very interesting ways that it will if it wasn't chopped down like that. Boy, you know, I, I agree 100%. And in fact, I'm going to take it a step further because when you say it's going to evolve, to me, it suggests um, grand experimentation. And and absolutely, there is experimentation. Like uh, when we talked about uh, a Felix figuring out how to leave his agave out for 30 days uh, so that it didn't foam as much, right? So there's that. But I think the other piece of it, the, the, the piece that fascinates me even more than that is when I taste a an agave spirit that comes from the son of a or daughter of a mescalero whose spirit I love, almost inevitably, it is the child spirit that I prefer over the father's, even when I love the father's spirit intensely. And and to me, it's an indication that the child started learning from a person who was more evolved then the fa- right the father learned from the grandfather who was at one level and then the father added the skills development the sensory development on top of that and that's where that child is starting to learn at the age of 8 and so that child is going to have more developed skills and senses than the the parent and and to me that's the evolution that's so exciting absolutely i mean yes 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 and i don't know even what to say more on top of that <laughs> like that's, I, I, I think that's a wrap i think i think that that's that's it <laughs> I, I think actually the thing to say is we should go get our tacos for breakfast that's what we should say yes so provechito i'm getting some barbacoa hope you all guys are eating something delicious adios igualmente Hang on, road trippers, we're not done yet. We've got an episode of Chava and Lou's Chatfest coming up. Phew, that was a fun episode, Lou, and I think now my back hurts and I deserve a little mezcalito to chill out. I will drink to that, Chava. Oh, wait, Lou, what the hell are you doing? What's that you're pouring into? It's, you know, it's an old mustard jar. Connie loves mustard, <laughs> so we have a ton of these old jars sitting around. <laughs> 
Are you crazy? What it's shaped all wrong, Lou? It's shaped. It's got a bottom and four sides, Shava. What more does it need? Uh, we've talked about this more than once, Lou. The shape of what you drink out significantly affects the flavors you experience from your mezcal or your agave spirits. Like, uh, how can you? How can you ruin this? Have you ever experienced it with jicaras? Well, of, of course I have. I had. I used to have a house full of copitas and jicaras. The problem, Chava, is I gave them all away. I've got so many friends, and they couldn't find copitas where they lived. So I, I. I helped them out. So generous. But I, there's a solution for that, Ludo. For you and your friends, it's called mezcalforlife.com. You can drink out of something called mezcalforlife.com? <laughs> Not yet, Lou. Technology hasn't gone that far. But it's a website, and they sell you copitas, vasos de veladoras, other traditional and fancy drinking vessels for traditional and fancy mezcal spirits. Or agave spirits, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so I can tell Connie to stop eating so much mustard? Well, I don't know if that's actually a wise move, Lou. <laughs> but going to mezcalforlife.com and buying some new copitas? Yes, Coven, that's a wise move. Mezcalforlife.com can help you find the perfect drinking vessel for your perfect agave spirit. Head to mezcalforlife.com and you can be set for next week's episode of Agave Road Trip, sponsored by mezcalforlife.com. This is Chava and Lou's Chat Fest, chatting you up for three solid minutes about nothing having to do with agave, agave spirits, or rural Mexico. Okay. And what are we talking about now, Lou? Because we usually make a, a small plan. No, not a big plan, but sort of a plan before we go in. Well, I have a plan. I always have a plan, Chava. Okay. Nervous? Okay. So you know, you know that I spent time uh, as Spider-Man. Right? In the costume of Spider-Man. Yes, but uh, the way you're describing this is like if you had been in jail and they had dressed you up as Spider-Man inside. What? <laughs> you you what made you time t- you made time as Spider-Man? I spent time I spent <laughs> I spent a, a few years, several years as uh, as charity Spider-Man. You know this. We have this chat fest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Sorry. That's not the only character that I have spent some time as. Whoa. Okay. Now, I'm I'm guessing uh, that this won't strike you with any kind of familiarity. Um, but did you, as a child, did you ever read these books uh, called Clifford the Big Red Dog? Oh, I, I've heard about this, and it's uh, I, I think a comedian talks about them. Uh, really? And, and, yeah, I think it's <laughs> Louis C.K. who talks about it, and I think he just makes fun to the fact that nothing happens. It's just a big dog that doesn't do anything. But yeah, I've never seen it. Never had but access he, to it. But he is—he's a giant red dog, not like a big. He's like a giant red dog. So, um, I—I uh, this was when I was previously married, not Connie, but my my previous wife. Uh, she was working at a, uh, a a children's clothing manufacturer, and they had a store. And they were supposed to have Clifford the Big Red Dog come uh, for an appearance one day. And the, like, I don't know what happened. The actor fell through. And so I was volunteered to be Clifford the Big Red Dog. And I'm down with that. Like, I'll, I'll be whatever. That's cool. So it was a very last minute thing. Wait, wait, but, but, but it was like, it, it was like the Chinese version, you know, like how in Chinese dragons, there's a bunch of people inside the costume. <laughs> yes, yeah. but that, no, it was just me. Just, okay. just one guy. And like, I'm, I'm, like, I, I, I hear where you're headed, right? You're, you're not wrong. I'm not a giant, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to the three, four, and five year olds who showed up, I was a giant, <laughs> right? Okay, I get it. 
So the difference between being Spider-Man and being Clifford the Big Red Dog is Clifford the Big Red Dog doesn't speak, doesn't bark, doesn't make any sounds, just walks around, right? So I'm walking around and like our, our friends knew that Clifford the Big Red Dog was going to be in the store um, because, you know, they were our friends and my wife worked there. And so we told them and they had little kids, so they'd bring the kids, uh, but they didn't know it was me in the costume. <laughs> and, and, and so, so my, my, my friends brought their little daughter, Katie, who I just like, she was the light of my life. She was, she was the first little child who I actually thought, oh, this makes me want to have little children, right? Like tiny little girl, just charming and so i spent a lot of time hanging out with her like i showed preference to her so that she would feel like clifford the big red dog thought she was special right and so her mom uh was like oh that's so nice like you could tell she was very happy like oh my daughter is getting special attention from clifford the big red dog so then i sidled up to her i came up to her and very quietly i said to her hey you want to hang with a big red dog <laughs> yes <laughs> And she didn't, she didn't, not, not to the girl, to the mom. No, of course, of course, right. I get it. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And she didn't know it was me. And no, it freaked no. her out. And free, like, she didn't like, she didn't punch me or anything, but she went over to my wife. She's like, I need to tell you this. The guy who's in that costume, there's something wrong with him. He's hitting on women. And she's like, that's, that's, that's just Lou. He's having fun with you. Yeah. Oh man, like this makes me think you've been to the pharmacist around Mexico, like the the gener- guy with yeah, the, yeah, got yeah, the guy yeah, dressed yeah. up with the giant head. Yeah. He's he's always and I don't I know it's not always the same person in one of like I I'm, I'm old <laughs> enough to know that but there's it's always someone creepy. Well, not creepy, but they always want to dance with you like closely. Like like reggaeton clothes. Well, that's his thing. He's a dancing pharmacist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know, like, do they choose? Like, when they were putting you in a costume where there's, like, uh, a selection process? Like, I know that the Spider-Man was very casual. But for other, like, have you been in other costumes where you had to go through, like, screening process? Nobody has ever screened me for anything, Java, or they would know better. No, there was no screening. It was just like, okay, who's willing to do this? So, like, I I did Santa Claus once, which was great because I got this kid in my lap. You know I was raised Jewish. And I got this kid in my lap who was like, I, I asked him, what do, what do you want for Christmas? He said, I'm, I'm Jewish. And I said, hey, don't tell anybody. Me too. <laughs> kid loved that. Kid loved that. Hey, and my pal Jesus, he was Jewish too. Really. We're all Jewish. Don't tell any of these guys. We'll get in trouble. Okay. Well, I think this is enough. I, I think this was almost not obscene. So I'm very proud of you, Lou. And Thank you. Uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. <laughs> This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.